The contents of the lab report are meant for educational purposes only, and they're not meant to be misconstrued as medical diagnosis or treatment advice. Purposes? What? Today on the lab report, we talk all about testosterone. Yeah, levels start to fall even before age 30. 39% of men over the age of 45 have low T. Whoa. The world of medicine can be challenging. Clinicians and patients are always looking for more options, more effective treatments, and in the end, more answers. Functional and integrative medicine focuses on addressing root causes of disease. Here at Genova Diagnostics, we've watched this field evolve and grow for over 35 years. We've not only adapted, we've led. Join us as we talk about functional medicine, laboratory testing, and optimizing health. Welcome to the Lab Report. Roller coasters? I used to love them. Not anymore. Not anymore? No. What? I'm afraid of heights. Seriously? Yeah. Afraid of fun? <laughs> Hello! Hi, Michael Chapman. Hi, Patty Devers. How are you? I'm not afraid of fun. What? What? What are you talking about? Did you say it was I afraid of fun? No. Oh, Michael. <laughs> How are you doing? Oh, thank you so much <laughs> for asking. I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Good. Man, it's nice to be acknowledged once in a while. You know, mm. you know what I mean? You're welcome. This is a podcast called The Lab Report. It's brought to you by Genova Diagnostics. Thanks, Genova. And it's where we talk about things like functional medicine, specialty lab testing, and integrative therapeutics, and uh, hormones, right? Yeah, hormones. But before that, thank you not only to Genova, but thank you to everyone who keeps tuning in and subscribing. And thanks to those of you who leave us some feedback on iTunes, rate, reviews, stars, share it with your friends. Thank you. And if you have additional feedback, you can always send it to podcast at gdx.net. That's our email address. It is. So, today. Hormones. Oh, boy. And we picked a doozy. We sure did. I think I feel like we've been um, trying to sweep this one under the rug for a while. Do you feel that? <laughs> I, I kind of feel, like, feel like we hit, we hit the, the bell of nutrition and GI so much that we don't spend enough time on hormones, especially this specific one, testosterone. Well, I, I mean, I don't want to... I don't want to guilt myself about how much I time feel we bad. Should. So you think we should have done it sooner? Yeah. Which, what, what would you have swapped out? Mm. Which one would you have removed to put testosterone in its place? Such a good point. So, I mean, there's, there's no use in feeling bad about it, but let's just get into it, right? Let's yeah. just, we can fix the problem. Well, Be proactive about this. Well, I think it's important to introduce the whole concept of what we're talking about here, that testosterone is a hormone in Mm. your body. Mm. It's a chemical messenger. And we often think about it as it relates to men and male reproductive issues. But really, women make testosterone, too. And this is one of those hormones that we know is for growth and repair. So when you mean growth and repair, what you're specifically referring to is it's an anabolic hormone, Mm -hmm. right? And so anabolic means building as compared to catabolic which is breaking down, right? And I think most of the conversation around anabolic and catabolic, we talk about maybe, un- unfortunately, we talk about muscle growth. It's kind of where you hear these terms being thrown around most, right? It's like, oh, I need, you know, I'm going catabolic, I'm losing my muscle. So <clears throat> we think about testosterone a lot when it comes to you know, having an anabolic trigger for muscle growth. But that's not all it does, right? Yeah, another anabolic effect of testosterone. You know, we always think of muscle, but the other place we think about this is in the bone, right? right? So testosterone is important for bone growth and bone health, and we often think about it being an important risk factor for something like osteoporosis when it's low. So it's important for bones and muscle. 
Yeah, right. So those are some of the anabolic aspects to testosterone, but there's also androgenic aspects to testosterone, right? Mm -hmm. And so when we think about that, we think about several things. We think about um, the you know puberty and the development of secondary sex characteristics. We think about overall libido and sexual health, mm -hmm. right? That's a huge reason why we're talking about testosterone as an important biomarker as well as something maybe to potentially supplement with. It's very important in fertility, not just for males, but also for females when we talk about uh, things like polycystic ovarian syndrome. Mm -hmm. And fertility is getting a lot of attention these days. Did you see the Aaron Brockovich article on... Oh, yeah, about on, toxins and yeah, and the reason why fertility rates are going down so dramatically. Yeah, they're years. expecting that sperm counts will reach zero by the year 2045. Whoa. Right? So, I mean, this is, this is important. This is topical because we're talking about fertility... And uh, like the survival of the human species. Oh, it's not, it's not too dramatic, there, Michael. I didn't write it, <laughs> although I, I probably it sounds like something it, I would. It does written. actually, but it's also pretty protective for your brain. So they talk about testosterone being neuroprotective, and mediating neuronal and vascular aging in the cells of the hippocampus. So this is important for cognition and how you think. Yeah, and I think of that as more of a third role, like a metabolic role for testosterone, yeah. because I wonder how much of that, it, that's sort of an epidemiologic study where they're mm -hmm. saying we notice low testosterone in patients who uh, it sort of precedes the development of Alzheimer's disease, right? Right. And we also think about Alzheimer's disease as maybe being this type 3 diabetes. And so I wonder how much of this is a testosterone metabolic issue because testosterone actually inhibits the growth of adipocytes. And so it, it acts on essentially lipolysis. and We're talking about fat cells. Fat cells, right. Adipocytes are fat cells. Correct. So it inhibits the growth of fat cells. And there's actually this kind of bidirectional relationship where the more adipocytes you have, the more fat cells you have, the lower your, your testosterone is likely to be, and therefore the lower your testosterone is, the greater the production of fat cells. So it's this feed-forward, downward spiral that happens uh, with low testosterone. All right, well, I think an important place to go next is, where is testosterone made in the body? Because there are a lot of different places we can get testosterone. Well, testosterone is primarily made in either the testes or the ovaries, depending on whether we're talking about males versus females. There's a small concentration of it that can be made in the adrenal gland as well, which becomes more important as we age, where we go through hypogonadism. Yeah, and I think an important point that I didn't even fully grasp until I came here to Genova is that hormones are made from the precursor cholesterol, right? Mm -hmm. So cholesterol that we all have in our bloodstream is metabolized down to make progesterone, which can then make cortisol and glucocorticoids, which then make testosterone and then get converted into the estrogens and metabolized out. So if you don't have enough cholesterol, you can't make hormones, it's which really is important. a concern in cholesterol, all these patients. Yeah. Look, guys, cholesterol is important. All right? It is. We, we need, need to stop some. vilifying cholesterol. Correct. Eggs, get your eggs. <laughs> right, and at the end of the day, low testosterone has been called an independent risk factor for cardiovascular disease. Why might that be, Patty? Well, we just talked about how in the steroidogenic pathway, it starts with cholesterol, bloppy blop, comes down to testosterone, then testosterone in fat cells or adipocytes gets aromatized to make estrogen. So mm -hmm. the more fat cells you have, the more that testosterone gets converted to estrogen, right? Mm -hmm. So if you think about it, anything that would increase the activity of that aromatase enzyme in the fat cells is going to lower your testosterone. And a lot of the things that are associated with increasing aromatase activity 
are also associated with some of these other contributing risk factors. Such as obesity. Mm-hmm. Who was it that said that that might be more of an influence in males as compared to females? Ben the, Bickman. Ah, that's right. Mm-hmm. And I'm willing to say, like, right here, okay. anything Ben Bickman says, <laughs> I don't even bother <laughs> going to PubMed. And, and you should it not. Out. Like, it's just, yes. just gospel. Correct. Just write it on a tablet, etch it in stone. Right. Carry it down the mountain. So, yeah. So go back to that episode and listen to Dr. Ben Bickman. He's a PhD who deals with insulin resistance and metabolic disease. So great episode. And he did talk about the aromatase enzyme. Well, I've got a little bit of bad news. What? What kind of bad news? Well, testosterone, uh-huh. it tends to decline as we age. Well, well so do a lot of hormones actually yeah. start to decline as you get older. I mean, even testosterone starts to fall before the age of 30, when? which is pretty young, yeah? I mean, yeah, and studies are showing that like one in four adult males uh, are over the age of 30 are testosterone deficient already, mm-hmm. right? So, yes, it does decline as we get older, but there are things that we can do to slow its decline or, or even increase it. Right, and like we just talked about, obesity itself, like obese mm. teenage boys have lower testosterone than non-obese teenage boys. Right. So you can have low T even at a young age if you're obese. You know, Patty, there's some other clinical studies that have been done looking at testosterone that I think are a little bit interesting and might lead into the debut of a new segment I've been working on. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You're telling me that there are some interesting clinical correlations around testosterone. Well, I'll tell you, we sort of know most of them. I don't know how much more interesting you can get, not only to to give them to me, but to create an entire segment around this. I, I don't think there's that many other interesting clinical correlations. Did you know that testosterone levels play a major role in risk taking during financial decisions? Get out of here. Oh, yeah. Whoa. Are you ready for this? Did you, you must have paid the band from Better Know Biomarker. They no, came back? I had to get a different band. <laughs> <laughs> Checks in the mail, guys. So, one, did you know that fatherhood decreases testosterone levels in men? Whoa. Suggesting that emotions and behavior tied to decreased testosterone promote paternal care. Whoa. Did you know that? I did not. Did you know that daytime testosterone levels could fall, fall by up to 15% in patients with sleep restriction to five hours per night? Get out, Get of, here. out of here. Did you know that falling in love decreases men's testosterone levels while increasing women's testosterone levels? Get out, Get of, out here. of here. Well, men with high testosterone were 27% less generous in an ultimatum game. Get out, Get out of here. here. Mm-hmm. Did you know that high testosterone is evidenced by a low digit ratio, meaning the, how long your index and ring fingers Come are. Come on. Seriously. is correlated with higher aggression in males. Get out Get of out here. A lot of studies have found that testosterone is associated with behaviors or personality traits like criminality, antisocial behavior, and alcoholism. Get, Get out, out of here, men who produce more <laughs> testosterone are more likely to engage in extramarital what? affairs. Whoa. Get out Get of here. Out. Actually, I believe that one. And... Male soccer players with increased <laughs> testosterone are at an increased risk of committing fouls. <laughs> Come on. This is getting ridiculous now. Get out of here. You know, I just have to say, what 
a lot of those studies tell me Why? is that we probably need to look out for both low testosterone oh, and high testosterone. Such a great point. And even in those who are supplementing, like it's possible to get too much. Let's be very careful here. But if we're saying that high testosterone levels can be a problem, and we know that testosterone is so important for so many bodily functions in the body, it's important to know if you're deficient, but that's tricky too. So what are some things you can think about that would lead you to think this person might have low testosterone? So signs and symptoms of testosterone deficiency. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I, it seems like you're giving me this task because I'm the male in the room. and That's right. We're talking mostly about males with low testosterone. Yes, and it's making me uncomfortable. Uncomfortable words on this page. Yes, I, I don't need you staring at me saying uncomfortable words. So I think that we should separate this out into two different categories, right? Because there's kind of primary testosterone deficiency that can occur during puberty. And then there's testosterone deficiency that can occur, you know, after puberty. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the things that we would associate with testosterone deficiency around puberty would be like incomplete sexual development and issues around body hair and genital size and things like that. So that's, that's a whole separate topic, right? The things that we're talking about with respect to adult males who have testosterone deficiency are things like uh, reduced libido, de erectile dysfunction. We talk about um, low sperm counts, and it can even be things like problems around central obesity, sarcopenia, decreased bone density, like soft tissue failure. So there might be like tendon ruptures, disc ruptures, things like that, and decreased body hair. So those are some of the main ones I think of. Yeah, and there's even some that are even more nonspecific, such as you know decreased energy, lower motivation, you know, lower self-confidence, feeling depressed, you know, mood disorders, poor concentration and memory, um, other yeah. things like sleep disturbances. Yeah. And those are things that are not necessarily male specific, That's right? right. That, that can present itself in both males and females. So mm -hmm. it's important to understand the role of testosterone, you know, in both sexes. It's important for, for all of us. Agree. And so then the question becomes, what do you do about it? And I think there are two tracks here, right? There are people who just prescribe medication, but there are a lot of natural things that you can do to increase your testosterone. Which track are you on? Are you a just give the testosterone oh, person no way. or are you no. a let's not give the testosterone and let's work on these other things person? Oh no, I'm a let's work on the lifestyle things first. Anytime you add a hormone, remember that all of the hormones work together in concert. So by adding hormones, you're going to alter other hormones. So I think it's important to start with the more natural and lifestyle things first. You know, in general, we're talking about male patients, right? <laughs> Such a fair point. Like they're not even yeah. in your office because of their own volition. They're that's their such a great other point. Most likely coerce them into coming into your office, and uh, they're kind of just wanting something to to walk away with, right? I agree with that, but I would also say, adding testosterone to someone without altering some of the lifestyle pieces might be setting you up for that patient to be even madder at you. So, for example, if you give a man who has a lot of adiposity or someone who's obese, you're giving them testosterone, know that that aromatase enzyme might be upregulated in that adipose tissue. So they're going to convert all of that testosterone you're giving them to estrogen, grow breasts, and they're going to be very mad at you. No, I'm with you. I, I think you do both. You know, I mm -hmm. think you definitely focus on the diet lifestyle and some of the other natural therapies that might assist in this. Consider aromatase inhibitors and things like that. Mm -hmm. But I also think, you know, in the short term, perhaps using some supplemental testosterone might also improve uh, their their um, their mood, their energy, things like that, that will also help get them started on the road towards some of their lifestyle changes that you're trying to get them to make. 
that's an important point as well. And I would say that, you know, that mindset, that mind shift is needed in order to make lifestyle changes. So I'll agree with you. I'll meet you halfway there. And I also know that once you get them into that mind shift that, you know, it might motivate them to start exercising. And we know that weight-bearing exercise or high-intensity interval training can also naturally raise your testosterone level. Yeah, and so if you want to communicate this information to a male, um, you just say, look, you need to have muscles to make testosterone. Yep. That's the sort of jargon right. that we speak to each other. Or to, or to females, too. It's, like, it's like one step above grunting. <laughs> but it's important for females, right? They may have low testosterone. They don't want to be taking testosterone and start growing facial hair. Just by exercising, weight-bearing exercise can help naturally increase your testosterone. Yeah, and I think it certainly is important to emphasize the fact that, you know, we're not just looking at low testosterone based on clinical signs and symptoms. You're going to want to run a test, right? Oh, You're going to yes. want to run either, you know, like a salivary testosterone or a serum-free testosterone to really get a sense of how low their testosterone might be, if it is at all. Right. So that's a big one. Anabolic exercise, overall muscle strength, muscle load. Those are going to be super important for increasing testosterone. What else? Well, there's a lot of anecdotal evidence around using various herbs as it relates to low testosterone, things like maca or tribulus or horny goat weed, for right. example. Right. And so or very other various other adaptogens. But the question I have for you, since you are a naturopath, does any of that really work? Um, I I think we're getting into opening up a big can of worms here uh, because there are a lot of products out there. Yep. There is a lot of interest in these types of products. Um, And referring back to what we were talking about earlier, there's a lot of males who are more interested in like going to the natural food store and picking up a bottle of combined ingredients and saying, maybe this will do the trick rather than kind of doing some of the harder work. Right. So um, does it work? Well, when you look at the literature, and to be honest, I haven't done an exhaustive dive on this. It's not my particular mm-hmm. area of strong suit. But things mm-hmm. like tribulus um, as well as maca have not really shown to be efficacious, at least in, as the aspect of increasing testosterone levels. Okay. Um, maybe in combination with other things like adaptogens um, and some of the other things uh, that might promote stress management, then there have been, you know, in a combination supplement, there have been some studies to show that there's a little bit of an improvement to testosterone levels, but there's also the effect of the physiologic response to some of these. So things like tribulus, it may not be that it actually raises testosterone levels, but it supports nitric oxide formation, which uh, improves the overall physiologic function of things like erectile dysfunction. So it may improve some of that without getting to the root cause of the testosterone deficiency that might be underpinning it. And I also think, you know, since we're on that topic, it's really important to clarify that the physical presentation of erectile dysfunction is not one-to-one tied to testosterone levels or low testosterone. It is a multifaceted uh, condition, and we could probably spend an entire podcast doing erectile dysfunction because there's a lot of things that contribute to it, and there's, quite frankly, a lot of interest in it. It's probably one of the main reasons why males will even come to your office. All right, you done there? Yeah. We finished with that? Mm-hmm. Well, another thing that people go to is to supplement with something called DHE. A, and they use DHEA because it's upstream in the metabolism of testosterone. So you're going to give a precursor to testosterone in essence. And it's important to note that here in the United States, you can buy this over the counter. Yeah. But in most countries, it's prescriptive only. And there's a reason for that. We don't want people just running to the 
to the store, throwing some DHEA down their throats, thinking they're going to increase their testosterone because it also can affect a lot of other hormones. And in fact, if it becomes testosterone, it can then get aromatized down into estrogens. So you have to be somewhat careful with this using DHEA and maybe under the guidance of your clinician or physician just to kind of follow some of those levels. So we talked about exercise. We talked about some nutraceuticals. I think it's really important to bring up stress because mm-hmm. stress is going to have a huge impact on how your hormones are metabolized as well, right? So we think of the aspect between the balance between anabolic hormones and catabolic hormones. And this is kind of that distinction between the interplay of stress tends to increase the production of cortisol and some of your other catabolic hormones. And there's a feedback mechanism that as your cortisol goes up, it suppresses the production of your androgens. And this is what's colloquially called cortisol steal. Um, turns out it's not as simple as not it just thing. stealing right. the hormone away, but right. it's a it's a model for how this situation happens. So stress management becomes really important. Uh, so we can talk about all those different various therapies that we've, you know, we've brought up earlier, most recently nature therapy, but we've also talked about, you know, HRV biofeedback, meditation, just all those stress management tools uh, to help with this. Additionally, high levels of cortisol can also, using that same feedback loop that you discussed, Michael, it can decrease gonadotropin-releasing hormone higher up in the, the hypothalamus, hypothalamus and pituitary to even decrease the production of these things. But the other thing cortisol can do is it increases central adiposity, right? right? And we talked about earlier how those adipose tissues can aromatize testosterone into estrogen and yep. lower that testosterone. So the idea of fat loss is very important as it relates to testosterone. Great. So we talked about several things. We talked about losing weight. We talked about exercise, stress management, nutrients, things like that. Uh, we talked about testosterone therapy, which just to briefly touch on that, because we're not going to go into all the aspects oh, of t- a lot. TRT. There's a lot. But if you are using TRT at home, testosterone therapy, you always want to be careful whether it's a gel or a cream or whatever delivery form you're, you're getting that you're not contaminating, you're not exposing people in your household because there's a lot of that that's happening, unfortunately. Um, so you just have to be very careful about application and cleanliness and things like that. You know, I, if you go to the gym, who knows what's going on at the gym, right? I mean, I don't even, I go to the gym. I don't even lift weights. I just sort of, I I rub (laughs) up on all the machines just to get my (laughs) daily dose of testosterone. The other point I think is important to make is anytime you're taking any supplemental hormone, you need to be very mindful, be very cautious with your clinician as to how you're metabolizing hormones, maybe check in with something like the complete hormones to see how you're metabolizing downstream to see if you're increasing your risk for hormonally mediated cancers. I think that's an important point too. Well, and speaking of metabolism, there's one big aspect to that that I think is super important with testosterone, which is 5-alpha reductase, Mm -hmm. right? And 5-alpha reductase turns testosterone into dihydroxytestosterone. Which which is really potent. It's five times as potent as testosterone, and it's been associated with a bunch of clinical conditions. Uh, Most commonly, we think of BPH, uh, but there's a lot of other things that we think of with respect to high levels of DHT. So that's something else to be considering if you're supplementing with testosterone, maybe Maybe looking at uh, uh, 5-alpha reductase and whether there's evidence of problems there. So much great information, but Mm -hmm. you know what, Michael? What? Guess what time it is. It's like 2.23. I think we have a meeting in like seven minutes. I know. No, I mean like what time is it? Oh, it's, uh, it's that time. 
What time is it? Oh, you know what time it is. Get out of here. Question, question of the day. Question of the day. Question of the day. Question of the day. No, we Wait, have that meeting in like six minutes. No, we really I think you know what time it is. Question of the day. Question of the day. Question of the day. Question of the day. Gotta hurry this up. All right, well, here's the question of the day, Michael. All right. We work here at Genova. Yes. Right. So if someone wanted to test their testosterone level or measure their testosterone level, we have several options. We have saliva, we have blood, and we have urine. What's the difference between those three? Uh, well, one is measured in saliva, one is measured <laughs> in blood, and one is measured in urine is the no, main difference. I think I was looking for something a little bit more clinical. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, you know, I think... It kind of depends on your your gestalt, your orientation, honestly. Um, we offer all three matrices for those who have a preference, one or the other. The majority of the literature these days is based on testosterone in the blood, right? Serum testosterone, free testosterone especially. So I think that is probably still the mainstay mm -hmm. as far as testosterone evaluation. Um, you can measure testosterone in saliva, and um, that's becoming more and more popular in the literature. And... I think another thing that might lend itself more to testing in the saliva is if somebody's on testosterone therapy, uh, because there's some concerns out there whether you're going to get an accurate read in this in the serum if somebody's on testosterone therapy. So sometimes people will sort of merge more towards the saliva in that case. Urine's tricky for androgens. Um, androgens are pretty rapidly metabolized, and so. I don't think we necessarily recommend just for a direct measurement of testosterone to use the urine, although you can look at androgen metabolites in the urine, kind of add those up and get a rough assessment of overall androgen status. The other important thing when using urine and looking at the downstream metabolism thereof, you can then see not only how has testosterone metabolized, but how much has metabolized down into estrogen and whether or not you're detoxifying properly to put you at risk for ty some type of hormonally mediated disease. Yeah, and you can actually get some information around 5-alpha uh, for reductase activity right. as well. So that's another benefit of looking at the urine. Great, thanks. You're welcome. Next time on The Lab Report, it's going to be Tuesday. How do you know that? Well, it's coming out on Tuesday. Well, what if you don't listen to it on Tuesday? What if you're an LR binger like Jeff and Barb? Then I don't know what day it's going to be. There you go. You've been listening to The Lab Report. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to our podcast, rate us, and leave us a review. To learn more about Genova Diagnostics, visit our website at gdx.net. There you'll find information on specific testing, educational resources, and how to connect with our show. Call us at 1-800-522-4762 or email us at podcast at gdx.net. Thinking about that get out of here and mm -hmm. signs and symptoms of high testosterone. Right. You know who doesn't need any more testosterone? Who? The Cobra Kai. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's crazy. Have you watched the reboot? No. Oh, you were just talking about back then. Mm -hmm. Sweep the leg, Johnny. Johnny does not need more testosterone. Sweep the leg, Johnny. <laughs>